final hour of the week, and we are coming in red hot before we get you out of here for Memorial Day weekend. Lucas is here. Andrew is here. Everybody making the show operate smoothly. Make sure that I don't get fired in this last hour before I take vacation for Memorial Day. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend, by the way. Now let me get down to business. V-Love has tweeted us something that absolutely must be brought to the forefront. This has just come to our attention, courtesy of the Carolina Hurricanes. So, what I have seen uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes this morning was exceptional trolling. What I have seen from the Carolina Hurricanes this morning in a victory, a Game 6 victory in Bridgestone Arena, after the Preds, by the way, having been the superior team for a great majority of this series, ultimately, Little mistakes cost them the series. We've talked about it ad nauseum. If you missed any of the Preds talk, we did it with Kayla Anderson in hour one. The podcast is the Buck Rising Show. Go subscribe to it. But now, the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account, at Canes, is where you can follow them if you so choose. I imagine many of you were not interested in that today. But three hours ago, they tweeted a banner night in Nashville, and it's just mocking, mocking the Nashville Predators after a defeat. The three banners that they have pictured. Taylor Lewan crushed a beer. Creed played during an intermission, which is probably the reason that they lost last <laughs> night. Terrible. Why, why, what are we doing with Creed in the year 2021? What is that? But if they had won, that would have been the reason they won. No, that would not have been the reason they won. They won, they won despite Creed performing during intermission. I, I imagine a meeting that took place where a bunch of people looked at each other, said, who do we need for the intermission? And everybody in unison said Creed. Who looked around and said Creed and said, yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, I digress. So you got Taylor Lewan, Crushed to Beers, one banner. Creed playing during intermission, second banner. Second loudest house in the NHL, this is the third banner. So it's just a great trolling job by the Carolina Hurricanes against the Nashville Predators. One of the best things to result from social teams having social media accounts, social media managers, is they create these little, you know, not really feuds, but like wrestling. Like somebody's got to play the heel. The victor is going to play the heel. So the Canes doing that well. Their social media, very well done as of this morning. But then this bull bleep, before I say a word that gets me in trouble. V-Love has sent this to us. And it is another tweet from the Carolina Hurricanes 43 minutes ago. We got friends in low places, they said, and it's a picture, a screenshot, that they have been blocked by the Nashville Predators' official Twitter account. Here's, because we had this conversation this morning. Michael Otto wrote in on the YouTube chat, Buck, you are a Nashville radio personality. This is your team now, too. Talking about the Nashville Predators. Because I'm trying to figure out how I feel about them. I'm trying to figure out... Uh, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to discuss them, how to cover them, how I want to go about this. Because I wanted them to win. I wanted them to succeed. I wanted to continue to talk about playoff hockey. But if you're telling me that this is my team, that this soft crap, this beta BS, that they are acting like like crybabies because they got trolled a little bit on the internet. No, my team, my team would never do that. I want nothing to do with a team that has this kind of loser mentality. Boo-hoo, we're taking our pucks and our sticks and going home. We've blocked you on Twitter, Carolina Hurricanes, because you're better at it than us. Woe is me. Lucas, defend your hockey team. I can't. I can't. What is that? That was a that was a hat tip troll by the Carolina Hurricanes. The banner night in Nashville quote, because that's been a topic for the Preds for the last few years, is raising banners for winning a division and winning the President's Trophy, winning the Western Conference, which is fair. 
But that was a hat tip expert, just chef's kiss troll. And you just have to take a step back and respect it. You just have to respect it. The Pred social media team has to say, okay, that was good. But they blocked it. And the Canes screenshotted it and tweeted that the Preds blocked it. The Carolina Hurricanes have won this series again today. If you, if you don't have anything clever to say, just be quiet. You lost. You're done. Go home. Or be better at your job. Don't block them. This is, this is, such, a, this is such a childish mentality. And I've complained, and listen, you guys know I have my biases, okay? I've thought the Pred social media was trash all year long. I hated it. I hated the vibing thing. I thought it was excessive. I thought they ran a good joke into the ground. I thought it was fine for a minute, and then they ruined it because they just kept going and going and going and going, and it pissed people like me off. Maybe there's not many people like me, but this kind of stuff bothers me. I'm not going to claim a team that operates this way. It's embarrassing. It's weak. It's the last it's the last thing after we just got done praising you all morning long all morning long for how admirably you performed how you overachieved in a series that you should you really should never been a part of absolute crap by the Nashville Predators their social media manager cuz I you know listen I get that social media managers are under a lot of scrutiny I mean we talked about the the Who's, who's the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders right now? Not Al Davis, Mark Davis, that put that put out the I can breathe George Floyd after the Derek Chauvin trial, the George Floyd tweet with the approval of George Floyd's brother that says I can breathe and the social media manager got buried for what was an ownership decision. I understand that this these people are not always in a position to do what they want to do, to do what they think is the best part of their job. So I don't know the situation for the Pred social media manager. I don't know who the Pred social media manager is. I hope that this was not he or she's decision to block the other team. Alex Doherty has a theory that this was like a planned thing, that the Preds blocked it, blocked the Canes, so the Canes would post that the Preds blocked the Canes. Because he makes a good point that, like, all these social media managers kind of know each other. Like, no, like the Preds social media manager didn't grow up, prob- probably didn't grow up like a Preds fan. It was pro- they were probably hired from elsewhere. Most social media managers are, right, in the NHL and in the NFL and in the NBA. So I wonder if this was a was like a orchestrated. If it was, it doesn't come across whatsoever. It looks like hell. Do be, again, be better. If this was a plan bit, you look like fools. Yeah. No, 100%. 615-737-1045. John is in Murfreesboro. He wants to rip the preds. Good morning, John. How are you? Uh, you know what? I was doing well until I hear until I hear about the preds being crybabies. What what is this, you know? John? Help me understand. I mean, hockey's supposed to be a grown man sport, right? All these hockey players and all that, they talk about how soccer players are soft and NFL players are soft and baseball players are soft and everybody else is soft, but hockey players are big, tough guys, right? And they do this. This is some baby back BS, man. Oh, without question. John, like, my, my thing is that it's, it's, not, it's not the players. This is why it's so hard for me because the way that the organization is run – Makes me think less of the organization. And that's not, it's not the Preds running the social media account. You know what I'm saying? No, I, and I get that, but like, you would think that if, if you're going to be involved with, an, with a hockey organization, that you're all going to have that same mentality of being tough, being, you know, being that guy, being that, that dude that's going to walk in and go, oh crap, I better not mess with that dude. And this is, this is preschool. I'm taking my ball and going home. This is like, who does this? This is like some some Gen Z crap. 
Yeah, I mean, Gen Z. I mean, that's I, Lucas, are we Gen Z or are we millennials? Thank you, John, I, I for the I think I just made the cutoff for millennial. I was born in 95. I think that's like the cutoff. So I'm barely a millennial. Yeah. I, uh, Balls run rule Alabama, by the way. C- CRD Bass says, gets easier every day to turn off listening to a selfish or to, to a yelling, self-serving, snobbish tone of voice. Sorry, other Charlie is very right. Before and after your show, still worth the listen. So he's not, we're not, the zone has not lost a listener. Just somebody from one to three. That's from CRD Bass on Twitter. Toughen up, be better. Stop being so soft. You're acting like your hockey team. Larry's in Nashville. He wants to talk about the Preds. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's emblematic of a broader theme throughout the Predators organization. I can't speak to Poyle and a few of the other people, but from a very high level down, their, their proverbial poop does not stink, and they do not think that they have to own their mistakes or even, you know, own up to their shortcomings. I mean, dealing with them from a professional standpoint and also as a fan and also as a National Native, at times it does seem like they're a little bit, you know, high on the horse, if you will. And, um, you know, I know from a sports talk radio standpoint, you guys probably have to deal with their marketing and professional people, and it seems to be a little, you know, a little too rich for their blood sometimes. And uh, I don't know where it starts or where it stops, but it seems to be a an ever-present and growing problem. So, Larry, hang with me for a second. Lucas, how many times have we asked the Preds for a player? Uh, several. And a lot of times, like, 3HL's gotten players throughout the course. Okay, of the but us of the specifically. Season. But us specifically, usually it's because of a skate time, practice time interfering with our show. That's the reason I've been given. Okay, do you think that? Do you think it has anything to do, and I'm not putting, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, do you think it has anything to do with how critical I am? Uh, I can't speak to that, but it's, it's certainly a possibility. Larry, I, we, we've, we've asked people to come on from the Preds. They don't give us people. So I don't know what to tell you. It's, 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 I mean, I'm just going to start referring to this point on as Mr. Buck. But Mr. Buck, I, I do think, I do think that they have a problem across the spectrum. Whether it's local bars, local venues, local personalities such as yourself wanting to have access and make a make a maybe a cloudy day a little bit more sunny, but instead they build walls instead of you know instead of kind of opening their arms and trying to embrace the local community. And it might not shock you to know that um, you know I might run a rather large facility in the near downtown area and it doesn't seem to be going so easy for myself so you know at the end of the day um it's, it should be an onwards and upwards type thing not let's let's uh steep in our own juices sort of thing so that's well, all i have happy friday boys talk hey, to you guys soon thanks larry we appreciate the call enjoy your memorial day weekend i mean i listen i the the person who tweeted me about whining and, and complaining and self-serving or whatever like i'm not the only person bothered by this okay I'm just the loudest because I got the microphone in front of in front of my face. If you guys if you guys don't think that what the Preds did here was crap, you you are free to call us. You are free to tweet us. People have tweeted us. There's only one who seems to be on the opposite side of this argument. But I just think that is such a weak look. That's the last thing I'm going to remember about your season. Is that you cried and took your puck and your stick home. We'll we'll brighten up the proceedings. We'll talk about Titans OTAs because the only person. Who I can't, who can, who can settle me down in this moment after not getting my blue check mark and after railing against the Preds social media handle yet again? It's Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. He's going to join us coming up next. We're going to talk about the OTAs, and we're finally going to get into this quarterback conversation that I promised you we would have probably 20 minutes ago. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. All right, we're going to see if we can't bring me back down a level <laughs> before Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio joins us. 
And we get into all things Titans OTAs, who we saw, who we didn't see. Mac joins us each and every Friday at this time. Courtesy of the fine folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. They're like an extra set of pads when you need them most. Farm Bureau Health Plans brings us Coach Mac momentarily. If you have a if you have a question for Coach Mac, we've we've dabbled in this, but we are open to the possibility if you have questions for him. 615-737-1045. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in on the conversation. Lucas will vet them to make sure that they're on, you know, on par with the discussion, but we're always happy to have Mac as a part of the proceedings. So, before he gets in here and joins us, ah, the man in black himself has jumped into the Zoom. Coach Dave McGinnis joining us now. Mac, how we living, brother? Nope, oh, think he's on mute. Lucas, good to see you. No, I wasn't on mute. You just couldn't hear me. <laughs> We're getting our stuff together, Mac. We got a bunch of moving parts. Lucas, Lucas is moving up in the world. He's left Andrew at the controls. He's hosting Blaine and Mickey today. He's trying to big time us both. Well, Lucas is big time. He's not trying to. He is big time. So that's fine. <laughs> so, Mac, we, we've been talking about, before we get into the OTAs, because obviously you were out there with the rest of us yesterday, you have some observations of your own, I'm sure. But we, we've been talking a lot about the Predators because they lost last night, and we've been trying to kind of figure out how, how, to, how to label their season, I guess. And maybe that's not something that coaches get into, but I'm just looking at this from a competitor's standpoint. If you don't if you don't make it to the ultimate goal, if you don't get to the Super Bowl, if you don't get to the Stanley Cup finals, how how does a coach kind of process a season after they've had some time to go through the end result? Buck in professional sports, you know that's the ultimate goal. You've been you've been around this long enough. That's the ultimate goal and so you can never be you can never be totally satisfied, you know, un, unless you achieve that. Now there's certain levels you know, that you have to get through to get there. And of course, you know, to me, I'm not a hockey expert, but no, the understand. predator season, the predator season, I mean, the way they started out and to fight back and to get in it, you know, I had dinner uh, Wednesday night with, uh, you know, Sports USA out of, out of LA. Uh, Larry Kahn owns it. He came in, they did their game nationally for the NHL. Okay. And so I had dinner with he and then Brian Hayward, his analyst, you know, who's an 11 year goalie in the, in the NHL. And then John, John Eilers, his play-by-play guy. Both of those guys are, you know, are twenty-year vets doing it for the Anaheim Ducks. Anyway, it was interesting to have dinner with them, preceding the game, just talking about their views as far as about the matchup and and their their you know expertise on it was the fact that it looked like that the Predators were starting to coalesce, you know, towards the end of it and had and had found their footing a little bit. And and so that they were impressed with them going in, saying, you know, this game could this. They expected that game that was played last night. They expected it to be very tight. You know, clearly it was. And so I'm going to have dinner with them again tonight and get their thoughts on it before they go on to do it to do another national game. You know, uh, in, in the playoffs. But to me, look, you're you're disappointed, especially you know locally. You're disappointed when it doesn't go because the hype and the excitement that playoffs bring. In professional sports, you just want more of it. But when it ends, it's so final that it, and the finality of it, I think, is something that puts everybody in a little bit of a depressed mode at the moment. Without question, man. You didn't think you were going to get some hockey talk with Coach Dave McGinnis at Titans Radio here on 1045 The Zone, but the man does it all. Of course, he's brought to us by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who have been in the game since 1947 
Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag that you can afford. All right, Mac, we're out there at St. Thomas Sports Park yesterday. More players in attendance, some more vets sprinkled in with the rookies, the undrafted guys, the, the tryout players. Um, a little bit lighter attendance as to be expected. It's a voluntary portion, a voluntary phase of the offseason for these guys right now. What kind of stood out to you? What was your primary takeaway? I'm sure you had many, but what were you kind of locked in on yesterday? Was there one specific thing? Well, there, it, it, a general thing that I'm looking at right now at this point in the offseason when they're on the field, Buck, I, what I look at, I try to look at, because, you know, I was out there for rookie minicamp also, you know, just as you were, to, uh, to look at it and to see the, the progress that these players have made just in what they are, are being instructed to do. Right. Because there's a lot that goes on. You know, these rookies, they're not limited to the amount of time they can be on the field. And so after their Zoom meetings, they're having walkthroughs. They're, and, and when I'm out there, I, I, I listen to what the coaches are saying. And I listen to what the coaches are saying for two reasons. You know, I, I want to see technique-wise how much they are having to work on with these younger players and then to see what the retention ability of these younger players are. I'm not so much worried about scheme right now. I sure. want to see, you know, because when the younger players come in, they're going to be instructed to do, you know, a number of things. And what I look for, you know, as, as, we, as I repeatedly get to watch practice is who are the repeat offenders? Who are the guys that, that are having to be, you know, admonished the most? Uh, you know, I heard it a couple of times yesterday, not talking out of school, just because I listen. I know buzzwords from coaches because I've done it for a minute or two. And so, you know, when they are saying, you know, we we worked on this in rookie minicamp or we talked about this two days ago. We t- Those types of things that you catch, you just you want to know because the attention and the retention and then the execution, that linear progression of your young players, that's what I'm looking for right now during these times. Without question, it's very, it's a very, very cr- critical portion of these for the players who choose to attend. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Mac, I asked Vrabel yesterday in our post-practice or OTA Zoom that we had with him, how how important it is for the second-year players. We, we talked to Christian Fulton. We talked to Darren Tenevin specifically yesterday. But this draft class that had such a such a, a blown-up offseason, for lack of a better term, if you could even describe last year as an offseason outside of what they were able to do or not able to do outside of Zoom meetings, when, when, you're, when you're looking at – are you kind of looking at guys like Evans and Fulton – uh, uh, Lorel Murchison, who was also available and out there with them yesterday. Are you looking for those same kind of linear progressions in those players, or is this just kind of a new experience for them? And you're seeing how they kind of take command the take command of the situation, understanding that they've been in the NFL now for a year. Well, Buck, you bring up. I mean, you've got a good grasp of what of of what the difference is because those players that you just mentioned, along with their entire you know uh, rookie class, you know those players that you just mentioned. They didn't have any of this last year. Right. And so, you know, they were trying to hurry up to catch up because they were thrown right in with the vets, you know, when training camp started. And so it's a good point that you make because these guys missed a lot of that. And the other thing that's important, too, you know, those guys that you talked about, especially Evans and Fulton, they were injured last year. Now, when you come into the National Football League, you not only need to learn mentally what is going on with just scheme-specific things that you've got to learn. You've got to learn how to become a professional. You've got to learn how to practice. 
And that's something that these guys are having to learn how to do now because most of your practices in the National Football League are done full speed without pads on. You have to learn how to do that so that you protect one another and still get good timing speed work done without pads. You only have pads on 14 times during the during the regular season. So that's critical that you learn how to do that. And you heard it yesterday too. You saw that one instance down there in the in the in the end zone where you know where that that uh, that takeoff route was thrown and then the wide receiver, yeah. you know, they went up for a contested ball. Well, he grabbed the DB's shoulder, pulled it down, and immediately, you know, immediately one of the veteran players said, huh, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, we can't do that. It's not about just winning the moment. It's about protecting your 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 players too. And so they have to learn all of that. But yes, Evans, you know, watching you know, watching him, he was working some out. Uh, you you could see him working on some of his release skills. You know, as a receiver, he's not going to be a receiver. He's going to be removed from the backfield. That's what they're going to do. But you've got to work on those skills with your receiving coach because he hasn't worked yet on releases. He doesn't know the nuances of doing that. So you can see that they they plan to use him last year as one of those guys that you could remove from the backfield and get a matchup. Because if you match up uh, regular personnel to him and when he's in the game, he's going to be the, he's going to be the linebacker one on one matched up out there in the slot. But you have to work on some from on the line releases. So he's finally getting to be able to be instructed, you know, in, in being able to do that. And so those types of things are very, very critical right now. That's what's going on right now. And as I said, I'm not too worried about, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying too worried. I'm not worried at all about the grand scheme of it. I'm looking at individuals because all the individuals, but they're at different levels of things they need right now. But all of those rookies are together in one thing that they need. They need to learn how to practice along with learning how to be able to advance in their scheme. Because once the vets show up and everybody's together, you cannot coach down uh, a speed. You've got to coach everybody at the same speed. What Mac is referencing for the audience is is uh, Darrington Evans did a little bit of work with the wide receivers yesterday. Vrabel, we talked to him about it. He said he kind of values that cross-training ability for, for guys to get additional reps at skills that they have not yet had the opportunity to practice, like working on releases, like Mac is mentioning there. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Mac, uh, with, with Imani Hooker specifically, because he was one of the vets who was out there. You saw Anthony Ferkser as well as one of the more recognizable names for just the general fans who are wanting, to, curious to know who showed up for this portion of OTAs. Imani Hooker and Ferkser both have the opportunity to kind of create these new roles for themselves with starting opportunities now with John leaving in free agency and Kenny Vaccaro being out on the free agency market after being cut from the team. With Hooker specifically though, he was talking to us yesterday about how he's he's tried to he's tra- he's changed his training regimen a little bit to kind of slim down and ac- increase his mobility and agility is that something i mean i know it was only one day and i'm sure you've been out there more than we have just based on how much more you get to see but is that something that you notice at all with amani hooker at this stage or is it too early to tell not only amani hooker that's 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 for that's for guys as they progress in the national football league you know one of the biggest fallacies and and, and you know all the years i was coaching you try to impart to these guys when you come into the national football league especially if you're playing in an open space position it's not how big you are and how much you weigh. You've got to be able to move. 
You've got to be able to move to be able to do all the things that you need to do. And you need to be able to do it consistently. And that's kind of dovetails, Buck, on what I'm talking about. You learn progressively, the longer you're in the league, what it takes to stay in the league and what it takes to execute what you're asked to do. So I, I absolutely, I absolutely noticed it. And, and I liked it because he gets it. He gets it. He understands. But you don't understand that until you've been in the league and you look at it and you say, okay, you know, I don't have to I don't have to come in here and weigh, you know, 212 pounds to work in the back end. It doesn't matter how big you are if you can't move. This is a speed space game. It is. And you've got to be able to do that. And so, yes, I mean, I noticed it uh, clearly and it shows me that he's on point with what he needs to do to advance his career and advance his his part of this of this football team. I mean, you're not kidding. When he came into the league, man, he was he's a jack dude. He is rocked up. And I, I mean, all of these guys are they're professional athletes, but you really, really noticed it with Amani Hooker and now how he's kind of adjusted his body to be able to play at a higher level with with, with Hooker specifically, though, Mac. Because we, it's it's not you shouldn't assume at this time of year, but he's obviously pushing for that role, competing for that role that has now been left vacant by Kenny Vaccaro. How similar are there similarities in their game that kind of lend themselves to him being able to fill into that position seamlessly? What 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 are some differences? What are some similarities with Kenny Vaccaro and Amani Hooker at that box safety, strong safety position? Well, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, what he's going to be asked to do is going to be exactly the same. Now, everybody goes about it a little bit differently, okay? I mean, you know, they really do. I mean, Kenny Vaccaro, you know, I remember vetting him coming out of the University of Texas. I mean, he was – I thought he was the best safety in in the draft coming out. That's what we thought. So we thought at him. So, you know, coming out, I mean, he was a – he was a – he was a – he was a guy that could run, but he was also extremely, extremely violent. You know, when he when he, when he came downhill, and that's kind of what he you know built his mantra on the whole, the whole time that he was in the league. But he could also be a space player. Well, Hooker's the same way, but both of them have this. Both of them have this buck, which is instrumental in being able to play that position. They've got spatial awareness and they've got good K and D, which is key and diagnose. That's huge because you've got to be able to to pre snap diagnose things back there. Because if you are moving, if you're only going to start to move. After the play has started, then you're behind. You've got to be able to have pre-snap reads. You've got to be able to understand splits. You've got to be able able to understand by what you've gone through all the week, looking at tendencies. All of those things are important because that position is a reactive position, but it's also a position that you have to make instantaneous decisions about what's going on. And it's not only visually what you see in front of you. You've got to have great peripheral vision, too, because you're out there in space. But he can do that. Both of those guys can do that. That's why Kenny Vaccaro lasted so long as he did in the league. And that's why Hooker's got a chance. And he played last year back there. He understands. He knows what it's going to take to play back there. And as you said, now he understands physically more what it's going to take. And it's not about you just get lighter, but you don't. you got to stay strong. You've got to be strong, but there's a difference between strength and weight. Uh, started several games for Kenny Vaccaro while he was dealing with, I believe it was, it was never di- it was never given to us the illness, but Kenny Vaccaro dealing with some form of illness last year that kept him out of the starting lineup, and and Amani Hooker produced when put into that role. Uh, something something else that I noticed yesterday, Mac, because it's the first time that at least we have seen him as a media core. He was on the practice squad last year, but was not out with the rest of the team during the practices that we were able to watch is Deshaun Kaiser. It was Kaiser and Logan Woodside out there quarterbacking for the for the OTA yesterday, doing a lot of work with a bunch of the guys. 
Uh, when you look at Kaiser, what kind of state? Because obviously, hugely physically talented player, second round pick out of Notre Dame, has had an up and down, mostly down career, given that he's jumped around from you know the Cleveland Browns to the Green Bay Packers. I think he had a, hot, a quick stint with the Raiders as well. Now finds himself in Tennessee, where there is the position to push or the ability to push and compete for the backup quarterback role, so critical in any season, but certainly with an expanded 17-game regular season. What kind of stands out about Kaiser when you watch him? Well, he is a good athlete. I mean, he was, as you mentioned, and you you know this, he was a COVID quarterback last year, you know, because he was inside the bubble when everybody else was out on the field and he came out and was being able to work. Now, you know, he was in all, he was in, he was in the meetings and all the Zoom meetings. And so he's up to speed. He is a good athlete. Look, it, quarterbacks that bounce around the league, you know, and, and that and that happens. You, you bounce around the league until you find that niche. But at the same time, as you're moving around the league, you need to be acquiring the knowledge that it, that it takes because at any position, but when you come in National Football League, it's different than playing, you know, in Power Five. It's different than playing in the FCS. It's different than playing in anything that you're in. And so he's acquired enough knowledge now. He's going to be a better quarterback just skill-wise and, and, and anticipation-wise than he was when he first came in. Now what happens is, is he has got to produce consistently when he gets his chances. Let's see what his chances are. His, his chances have been exponentially accelerated or have been enhanced because we're going to have three preseason games. You know, that's something that was not available to any of those guys, you know, uh, at any position, but especially the quarterback position as new people to their franchises, not necessarily rookies, but just new people to their franchises. So if his chances are going to come with his what you need, what you need out of a backup quarterback, here's what you need. You need a guy that's got consistency and you need a guy that is able to step in with limited reps. Because that has to happen during the National Football League. Because when you cut down, you're going to get reps. You're going to get reps in training camp when you've got 90 players, and you're going to get reps when you got 80, and when you move to 85. But when you got 53, and you're working on uh, up to the week on on Sunday, you're not going to get many reps as the backup quarterback. Your reps are going to come with the show team working against the defense. And so, what he is able to show, the consistency and the grasp of what he's doing on a consistent basis, he's got to be able to show that in this preseason. Coach Dave McGinnis brought to us every Friday at this time by our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Let the experts at Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it when you need great health care coverage at a price you can afford. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Mac, I appreciate you coaching us through this each and every week. We always enjoy our time with you. I'm going to have a glass of uh, Casa Dragonis on the rocks to celebrate you in this Memorial Day weekend. Always good to catch up with you, my brother. But that makes me very happy, and that just that just shows me how really, really good your taste is right there. I got a good Thank recommendation you. from a guy who would know. You know, I, 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 I listen more often than not, Mac. Have a great weekend. See you, man. <laughs> All right, we will come back and wrap up this show. We will do the polls before we get out of here for this Memorial Day weekend. I'm Buck Rising, and this is 104.5 The Zone. All right, let's get you out of here for the weekend. You guys have been studs all week long. We cannot do this show without your participation. I am reminded of that each and every day, whether you're tweeting us content, whether you're calling the show, whether you're interacting with our guests. Thank you for making this so much fun to do. Even if, you know, I had a little bit of a hissy fit about the Pred social media early. Thank you for bearing with us through that. Uh, so Lucas is, uh, I'm out on Monday. I think all of us are out on Monday for the most part, except for, the replacements and Lucas Panzica <laughs> is the replacement. Now you're not even do, you're so when when are you on on Monday? One to four. 
What, my slot not good enough for you? I don't know. It got shuffled around. I don't make these decisions. Yeah. So who's who's me? Uh, I I'll, I am Keanu Reeves. What? what? When it comes to the replacements. But I can be you on All Monday. right, Falco, relax. Who Who is me on Monday? Who is going to be in my slot so I can tell the people who to expect? I will be you on Monday. Well, no, you won't because you're from one to three. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I what? see what you're saying. Jesus. Uh, I don't know. What did I say, Andrew? Nick what did and, I say? What? Nick, Nick and Brayden. Oh, Thank you. Andrew knows. Thank you for Andrew helping knows. the show, Andrew. Andrew hey, Madison Blevins just followed me on Twitter. Oh. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, how, why, how do you make this job harder for me to do? We were just talking about this during the break. I said, Andrew, thank you for setting me up for success. Lucas has never done it a day in his life. I believe Andrew said I set him up for success. I don't believe that. <laughs> to set you up for success. All right, so what are you going to have property? What are you, so Nick, Nick and Brayden, uh, just, just why, why? So who do you want to be you? I don't want either of them to be me. Okay. I don't want them in my side. Listen, I love Brayden. I love Nick. I've worked with them for a long time before any of us were here. Or they were filling in here. Well, actually, Braden's been a part of the zone ecosystem for a while, I think, when he was with Athlon. But I don't want either of them in my slot. I would rather you do it instead of them. They're going to ruin it. They're going to wreck it. So tune in Monday <laughs> at 10 o'clock for uh, what, what, what should we call them? What's lower than the replacements? While I diminish my friends who are giving me a day off. The scabs. Yeah, I don't know. The scabs. Thank you. Again, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's going to take my job. Superior in every way at this point. All right, Andrew, let's play a little poll open Russian roulette. Who you have for me today? Not now, Jenny. I'm on the radio. <laughs> Buck Rising gave me a job. Said something about a poll update. Hope that wasn't at that club where you became a folk singer. Anyway, Buck Rising's producer... And correspondent has the final poll update. I'm not a smart man, but I know who Lucas Panzeca is. Yeah. Thank you, Forrest. Rat Root Brian. You gotta really emphasize the folk when saying that into the microphone. It scares me even now. What do we have? Fred season, success or failure? Aside from the social media stuff. 53% say success to 47% saying failure. I think that's, you know, that's about evenly split that's where we that's where we thought it would be i mean again uh you can say they overachieved throughout the course of this series you can say what they did made you feel good for a minute you can also be disappointed with how it ultimately went the entire body of work and the fact that i mean you know they legitimately blew that game last night stuck sucks but it's you know it's what happened and that's completely removed from how i feel about their social media presence who is the titans backup quarterback deshaun kaiser or logan woodside uh, you know, Mac, we, 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 we didn't get into Woodside much, and it's the first time that I've seen Kaiser, but uh, Teron Davenport, my buddy from ESPN, was standing out there with us, and he goes, let me give you a hot take. All right, let me give you one fresh off the rack. <laughs> Piping hot. And I said, all right, TD, fire away. He goes, Deshaun Kaiser going to be the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. And, again, they're throwing on air. It's 7-on-7. Seven seven. There's a little bit of 11-on-11, 11 11, but they're in helmet and shorts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not... There are not going to be any grand takeaways. Deshaun Kaiser looks like a second-round pick. Logan Woodside looks like an undrafted rookie free agent. All right, it's it's tough to do the analysis on its face that way, but I do think that Kaiser gives them an element of threat that Woodside does not. I think Woodside would be efficient in operating the. Of course, if Tannehill goes down, it's all a disaster. Like it all goes to hell. But but I I'm 
I feel, I mean, Teron's got a really good sense of this. Everything that I've seen, Deshaun Kaiser responsible for one of the worst football games that I've ever seen played. We're talking about this in the green room. Against the Titans. Against the Titans. Kevin Byard, hat trick interceptions. Uh, overtime, touchdownless game, 12-9 to against the winless that year, 2017 Cleveland Browns. I'm still upset about it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I think he has some promise. I really do. Well, the poll results are 54.8% saying Kaiser. 50, say, say the percentage 54.8% against Logan Woodside's 452 Well, I love you all, but what do you know? You haven't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't even get to this. Would you ever leave your Rolls Royce in economy parking? Well, we'll get to that on Blaine and Mickey. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is flatly no. 90% agree with you. Yeah. Who wins the Champions League final, Manchester City or Chelsea? That's not from my account. It's from my account. Why? 58.3% say Manchester City, 41.7% say Chelsea. All right, so not only have you wormed your way into the studio, not only have you placed your responsibilities on Andrew, who has done an incredible job of making me sound better today. Thank you, Andrew, for all of your work. Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> thank you for knowing that. Not thank you for saying that. Thank you for knowing Thank you for knowing <laughs> I mean, you know what? What is Andrew going to do? I show up here hungover. I'm in a bathrobe today. I'm clearly, you know, not not performing at peak uh, peak levels, even though, you know, peak for me is varies from day to day. He, he doesn't have much to work with, so at least he knows that he has been saving us from completely running this thing into a ditch. Uh, Dane Kinderland writes in on Twitter, I think it's great y'all have casual Friday, but Buck Rising took it to another level. I'm expecting him to break out a tub of ice cream and just start eating it out of... <laughs> Out of it with a spoon. Come on, bruh. Be better. Bruh. You gonna go home? <laughs> you gonna go home and go to sleep? I'm so going to bed after this. Because I our next poll, I believe, has something to do with my activities. How late is too late to go to bra oh, missed opportunity. I should have said, Did you watch the Friends reunion? Uh, oh, I should have been pissed. How late is too late to go to Broadway? Oh, um ten forty five. I went at ten forty five last night. That was far too late. Uh, I was already settled into the evening. I was already out of my uh I was already out of my, you know, going out clothes. I was comfortable. I was at home with the cats. I had HBO on, and then I got the text. Let's go. 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m., or 1 a.m. The majority say 42% 1 a.m. is too late. 23% 12 a.m., 15% 11, and 18% 10. Yeah. There's there's no right answer. It's all a mistake. <laughs> V-Love said, I think there's ne it's never too late for some post-game beers at Paradise Park, which I went into for the first time in its... You know, rehabilitated form. It smells much yeah. better, but it was nice to see, you know, it junked up again. Yeah, it's like Great Value Paradise Park. <laughs> That's a good description. Uh, I'm trying to track down the poll from yesterday that we didn't even get to. on are you, do you The Friends reunion special was last night. So the poll yesterday was, are you planning on watching the Friends reunion special? So I'm going to find that. Yeah, hell no is the answer. <laughs> Friends is terrible. Friends does not hold up. This is a two uh, America's type situation. 75% did say no. Yeah, because it's crap. If you like Friends, we can't be friends. Flat out. And I know your girlfriend watched it, so I, I apologized. It, <laughs> she did I, watch it. I apologized to her in advance. She enjoyed it. She said, Matthew Perry looks awful. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to laugh. He was, that. And that was throughout actual friends. Like, he fluctuated. You know, it, it was, he went through some rough times during that show. He's had like a, like a low key hard life. But Matthew he was the funniest Perry. character on that show. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I'm not going to criticize anybody's physical appearance right now. I look like hell. <laughs> Are you sure I have to do Blake Mickey today? You do, yeah. You got to stick around. You'll, Thirty minutes, you can handle that. Uh, I don't know. It'll be me. 
I know. Myself and the hitman. I literally spend three hours a day with you. Like, that's going to get me excited. And I love Blaine. I'm doing it because of Blaine, not because of you. Okay. Just know that. Those are the polls? Those are the polls. All right. Mike Otto says, I've successfully never watched an episode of Friends. Good on you. Stay strong. You've never watched an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, I've seen not a whole episode of Seinfeld. I've seen, like, bits and pieces. Go go home, fall asleep to an episode of Seinfeld. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stop at the gym on the way home just to just to sit in the sauna and oh, sweat. Okay. I was about to say, no, I'm not crazy gonna, person. I'm not gonna work out. Are you kidding me? No, I'm gonna sit in the sauna. I'm gonna let all of the bad, all of the evil last from last night seep out of my pores. I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna lie down in bed. I'm not gonna watch Friends. I'm not gonna watch Seinfeld. I'm probably gonna watch some Curb Your Enthusiasm because that's better. Than anything else. That's fair. What's probably going to be better than the last three hours that I did is Blaine and Mickey with yours truly and Lucas Panzika. It's coming up next. We'll see if I survive. Talk to you guys on Tuesday.